Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to overcome adversity, create your best life and beat your most authentic self. I am Dr. Eve. I'm your host, and I'm excited that you decided to join me on today because your time is valuable and I recognize you could be anywhere else, but you're here. So thank you. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm really happy to have you here, and I certainly hope that you come back for more. So, uh, real talk, if you're feeling what you're hearing, help the show grow. Leave a review and tell everyone you know. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. So today is a good day. I am thoroughly excited to have Elijah Allen on the show this is I've been watching for a couple of months. I um, actually got to find out about her from my homegirl Taquito over at the Pedestal Project. She is definitely moving and shaking with the background in higher education. She's definitely into the social movements, uplifting African-Americans, uplifting Greeks, doing a lot of healing stuff. I'm not going to tell y'all everything. I'm going to let her do it. Alidra, hey. Hey, how are you? I'm ready today. How- I'm ready. I'm I'm great. <laughs> I'm ready too. <laughs> doing great. Doing great. It's nice and warm up here. I just went outside and I was like, goodness, let me go back in. So thank you for coming on to yeah. the show. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. You are so very welcome. So, you know, outside of your higher ed background and your movement with purpose and everything known as pie, just tell us about you and what you do. Tell us your story. Sure. That's a very interesting question and it's hard to put into words but I've been thinking about that and who I am and in the most positive way I'm, I'm just an average girl you know when I think about my life I was born to my parents Myra and Dennis in a very small town of Lorraine Ohio which is outside of Cleveland we lived a pretty you know nice mild life my mom was a homemaker my dad worked at ford i was the middle child so i have an older sister younger brother i have lots of cousins and aunts and uncles that i've grew up <laughs> with you know grandparents loved going to their houses and you know always spending time with them but you know just a very typical and but in the same way positive and what you would hope for you know of a life i'm very thankful for how I was brought up and and the love in my family and things of that sort. But I will say that I grew up pretty traditional, pretty conservative, a little more conservative. And that has probably been the biggest evolution in my life that I've experienced since adulthood. And really, once I went to college, college really opened my mind and started to, quote unquote, wake me up you know, if you will, because I just started to learn so much more about other people, learn so much more about experiences outside of my own. And now I'm much more liberal, if you will, you know, and and I kind of have my own perspective and my own beliefs and, you know, on, on things that might not always be the same as my family um, and things of that sort. So that's been a journey. And, hmm. I, and I will say it's a journey because it's, it's still going. I don't think I've reached the end of it at all. 
nowhere near the end of it. So I'm definitely an evolving person, but I've I've learned to embrace that and to to continually check in with that, and I'm enjoying it. I'm excited about where I'll go. That's awesome. Let me let me ask you this: What is something that you know, if you're willing to share, that you've learned about yourself in this process of evolving? The main thing that I've learned, honestly, is that I haven't always taken care of myself. Mm. I haven't always prioritized myself. And I haven't always known how to love in the best way possible. Mm. And, and I say that because I think that as much as I've talked about my family and my upbringing being very positive, it truly was. I still feel that like many families, we weren't the best at communicating. We weren't always open with each other or, you know, transparent about how we feel and honoring those feelings, right? And mm-hmm. acknowledging feelings and asking for help or, you know, letting people know that maybe you aren't feeling the best or you aren't okay or you need something or just even communicating your love towards each other very directly or verbally. You know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's like, we know we love each other. We assume we love each other, but we don't always go to the to the extent of showing it, right? And intentionally showing it. And I think that those are things that I've learned about myself emotionally and mentally. And so I, I'm I'm healing myself in that way and trying. I'm acknowledging that for what it is and trying to ensure that moving forward, I do take care of myself. I check in on myself. I acknowledge how I'm feeling. I acknowledge what I need and that I I love those around me and I make sure that they know it. Mm, I like that. So would you even say that at this point with how you've evolved and what you've come to learn about who you are, that you are living your best life? I would say that I'm living the best life that I have lived, you know, like, um, I, I think that, yes, I am getting better. You know, I'm evolving. I'm aging like fine wine. I, I right. think that I'm getting better. But I, I won't say that I'm living my best life because I truly do believe that the best is yet to come. I'm mm. always believing that there's better on its way. You know, so yes, I'm excited about the life I'm living and I'm thankful for everything that I'm learning and doing, but I know that this this is only the beginning. So with this being the beginning, I want to go back a little bit to the beginning of the grown-up Elidra, to that first-generation college graduate that got the degree because you went to University of UK, University of Kentucky. Okay. Uh, let me, yes, UK. Not, you didn't go to UK, University of Kentucky, so UK. <laughs> got your degree in communications and leadership development, which I'm like, oh, that is real dope. Was ready to conquer the world. But then what happened? Like after you got your degree, what was next for you? So, yeah, I went to the great University of Kentucky. We ended up, my parents and my siblings, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky when I was about nine. So I grew up the later 
you know, the latter half of my childhood in Kentucky and went about an hour away to go to college. Honestly, that decision was based off the fact that I got a full ride to UK. All right. You know, yes, thank God. And as a first generation (laughs) college student, you know, especially for parents who don't know all the ins and outs of college and things that sort, my parents were like, look, you need to go where that money is. You know, Uh so so my decision was made quite simply. I didn't apply to other colleges or anything. It was like, okay, UK, like they're giving me a full ride. That's where I'm going, you know, type of situation. So I had a really positive experience there. It truly was great. I was so involved. And honestly, my out of the classroom experiences taught me so much more about myself and what I wanted in life and and contributed to where I am now than my actual classroom experiences. But when I finished up there, I was super excited because I had learned so much about myself and about others and and again knowing that I wanted to be involved in helping people grow and helping people learn helping people be successful that's what I learned through my involvement you know helping other college students join other organizations being in my sorority doing community service with the sorority and other organizations and then also being involved in like diversity organizations and things of that sort and learning about other cultures and identities and things like that i knew that somewhere around there is where i wanted to be but i'm gonna tell you if i graduated it didn't have a plan at all Mm. like didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, nothing. And I will say that that was a little bit of a first-gen mishap um, Mm -hmm. because I was doing something that was non-traditional. When I first entered college, I wanted to be a doctor. So when I was going that route, I knew the plan, right? Because that's a more traditional route. It's like, okay, you go to school, you go to med school. You know, like everything's kind of cut out for you. But when I was majoring in CLD, I didn't know, like, okay, I have this degree, community communications and leadership development. What do I do? I don't know. So I I have been talking to people about going to get my master's in higher education administration. But again, I was a first-gen college student and also the first person in my family to get their master's. So no one, I didn't have anyone to tell me or kind of guide me about like graduate school, visiting school, researching school, nothing. And I, I often look to my older sister who was in college at the same time as me. She graduated a semester before me. But again, she wasn't going to grad school. She was a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that, you know, support that I used to kind of look to of like, okay, what are you doing? And I, I kind of messed up because I graduated without any plan. Thankfully, mm. God is he opened doors. I ended up going to a conference called NASPA, which is a higher education organization. I had gone there as an undergrad with my mentor at UK because she knew I was interested in higher ed. She took me with her and wrote me in the undergraduate fellows program. And I had met someone from LSU, a professor from the higher ed program at LSU while I was there. And he had told me, he said, it's okay. Like I contacted him after I graduated. He said, it's okay. You can still enroll and you can still be here in the fall. 
So I graduated in May and he was like, you just need to make sure you take your GRE and you can get here. And I ended up taking my GRE, getting accepted, getting an assistantship as well. So still having my tuition paid. And I was at LSU getting my master's in the fall. Mm. Wow, just like that. So not just undergrad, but grad school was paid for. Yes. Working yes. it. <laughs> and let me tell you what I love about like what about this right now. It's the fact that where you are is not where you've always been. And I like that you are painting the picture that there is no perfect way to evolve and sometimes this is gonna be messy and you gotta figure it out. And you don't yeah. always have to have a plan for things to work out and to be successful in that. Now that's not to say don't have a plan or vision because you had one, but you were right. also open to where life was leading you. And because mm -hmm. of that, you got to this point and that point being you actually left higher ed and started your own right. business. So again, the right. plan changed again. So tell us a little bit about that transition, because I'm sure that had to be big for you as well, because here you were doing what you love in the in a capacity that I imagine you love working with students. You know, we both higher ed, so I, I get it. And then you like, mm -hmm. OK, I'm out. <laughs> I'm about to do this. So what has that been like? Yes. When I say evolution, I'm, I'm not joking. So, yes, I left higher ed after practicing for four years. So I went into the field after I got my master's and I did work doing leadership programs, student organizations. And then being that I was in St. I'm still in St. Louis, I was here when Michael Brown was murdered. Oh, and wow. Yes, yes, yes. So that really changed my trajectory period because it's one thing to see those types of social issues and things happen on the tv screen but when it's just in ferguson a few miles away you know a 15 minute drive it really impacts you in a whole other way and mm. so it really just woke me up and helped me to become more attentive to the social issues that our society faces. And so even though I stayed in higher ed, I started my career in higher ed in 2013. Michael Brown was killed in 2014. Mm. So I still had a shift in the field. I moved from working with leadership programs and fraternities and sororities to working with multicultural student organizations and doing multicultural education because mm. I was so passionate about the work around diversity and social issues. So that was fulfilling. You know, I felt more alignment with who I was becoming. But after a couple more years, I still felt like something wasn't right. You know, I felt like mm -hmm. there was something more. I felt like there was something else that God had for me. And I had been given the vision of my business, Purpose and Everything, or PI. Um, I had been given that vision, honestly, in 2013, that I wanted to start a social entrepreneurship. So a for-profit business, but one that focused on addressing social issues mm. but watching my career and you know just now starting a job and things of that sort I was giving all my energy to the work that I was doing on campus and with my students because I love my students right and I love my job so I, I wanted to be successful in that area I wanted to give my all to that but again I knew it was something more and I realized that if I was really going to 
embrace that and make that vision a reality, I had to jump. Because I'm mm-hmm. the type of person that gives my all to everything. Mm-hmm. Try. And so I knew, I said, as long as I'm working full time, I'm never going to bring this vision to life. Not in the way that I need to. I'm not going to give it the attention that I need. So I decided in August of 2017 that I was going to resign from my full-time position and go full-time into starting Pi and getting it up off the ground, which as a first-generation student, again, my parents, as much as they wanted to support me, they also were like, so you're leaving a job where you have benefits, you know, you have a salary, like, what what are you going to do? How are you going to pay your bills? Like, they definitely had those questions. But again, I'm all about the evolution and about living my life in the way that I think it's called to, to be. Mm. So I jump. Mm. I love that you talk about giving up what's comfortable for what's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Because a mm-hmm. part of living in your truth and walking in that may require you to be uncomfortable. And that was very bold of you. <laughs> that was very bold of you. Because everybody doesn't have the courage to say, okay, God, I see you and we're going to do this. And that's exactly what yeah. you did. And so I'm actually interested in knowing more. And I'm pretty sure listeners are too. Pi is an online retailer that definitely looks to add purpose to everyday purchases. And to do that, you donate 5% of your net sales to some of the social change work. What is some of that work that you're doing? Because I know there are a few parts of your business and one of them being with Black Greeks. But tell us a little bit more about your business and how it's it's shaped and structured. Yes, that's exactly it. So just as the name Purpose and Everything, we're adding purpose to everything and that's why we focus on selling very everyday kind of basic type of products because we want people to realize that social change is not just when a huge incident happens in Ferguson, Missouri and it's all over international news and there's protests going on for months. That's that's not just social change. If we really want to see social change, it has to be a part of everything we do. We have to think about it in all the ways that it is perpetuated and that it manifests in our society. And honestly, through the economy, there is so much social justice that is perpetuated. When you think about unfair labor, You know, um, there are people working in sweatshops who are getting either paid nothing or very minimal to produce the clothing that we wear, to produce, you know, all these things that we use and, and things of that sort to where we might not think about it, but there's social injustice in how we even receive the goods and, and services that, that we do. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to challenge people to think about that. And that's why in all of Pi's products, everything is made ethically. So we make sure that the products are sweatshop free. We also think about environmental justice. So many of our products are eco-friendly so that we can make sure that we are taking care of the earth, the one earth that we have as well. Mm -hmm. We also do a lot of natural products because we don't want to continue to 
threaten our health by consuming things that are not good for us and are not natural for our body. So we think about justice in all of those ways in addition to donating the 5% to social change work. And right now, we will pick a different organization that is addressing a systemic issue. We'll pick a different one quarterly, but right now the organization is called Continuity. It's here based out of St. Louis, and their mission is to make more diversity in media. So when we think about Black Panther and all the excitement around A Wrinkle in Time and having that diverse representation in film, we need more of that. But the film industry is very biased and it's not diverse at all. So that means that we have to make sure that people of diverse communities are being equipped with the skills to be those producers, to be involved in media in those ways. And that's what continuity is doing. They are training people of underrepresented identities to be a part of the media industry. Mm. So thinking about all that you're doing right now, because you're doing a lot and that's fun because I'm sure you stay busy. And then I'm listening to your story. And the theme that I and I noticed is that from the beginning, you've always been about social change and, and community because, I mean, come on, you have, you know, your degree in community, communica- community communications. That is actually a tongue twister <laughs> in leadership development. <laughs> so just thinking about, you know, going forward, though, what are some of the adversities that you've had to face in being able to make the changes that you see are necessary in your community or even in your own life and business? What have things been like for you? It's definitely been a journey and it, it hasn't been a seamless or bumpless road. There's, there's been many trials along the way. And I kind of alluded to some of those at the beginning. I think I had a lot of challenges and dissonance within myself mm. first. Because again, coming from a background that is more traditional and more conservative, I had to challenge some of the things that were all that I knew, you know, Mm -hmm. like that I didn't know anything differently. The people around me, the people that I loved didn't think any differently. And so I had to really wrestle with myself about, all right, what do you think? What is your truth? What do you believe? And mm. it, that, that's a tough thing to battle. You know, when you spent 20 years, you know, the first 20 years of your life doing these things, believing these things, supporting these things, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't feel that way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I need to I need to rethink this. That can be tough. It can also be challenging for the relationships that you have with other people, you know, that you love dearly and things of that sort. So that that definitely has been a point of adversity. And then in perspective to career wise, going into business, again, being first gen, so mm-hmm. being the first to go to college, that also speaks to, you know, the people around me and those in my family as far as careers and things of that sort. So I I honestly don't have tons of people to look up to or kind of seek advice and mentorship from in my family or friend circle around mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. 
and, you know, being a business owner, I listen to a podcast regularly called How I Built It. I love it because I I just listen to all these billionaires, millionaires talk about how they created all these, you know, what once were startup businesses and now they're these huge platforms and I'm like y'all are like my my cousins and my mentors when me listening to this podcast is, is me soaking in that energy and that experience because unfortunately I don't have that type of access right to, to mm-hmm. people who have done those types of things I hear them all the time they're like yeah so when I decided to get going my dad lent me a hundred thousand dollars I'm like who's that what all right I wish. I'm like, oh my God. If I had $100,000, I'd be on my way. Right, right. So it has been a journey trying to figure out even my career now, you know, and trying to find those people who can sew into me and help me and guide me so that I can be successful. Um, So Mm. I definitely have to work hard and put myself out there to even get that type of experience and establish those types of relationships. I feel you, sister. <laughs> I feel you. Exactly. But that's why. But that's why we're talking now, because I feel you. So then, yeah. thinking about you know just your experiences in general, you know sometimes having that lack of mentorship, especially now, and just in general, if you think back on your life, is there a piece of advice that somebody's ever given to you that you're just like, yo, why didn't I even think about that? Honestly, because God is so good, I have been meeting people. Even you, Eve, honestly, meeting people who are inspiring me and motivating me and guiding me, you know, mentoring me and and helping me to have this platform to get the word out, to learn from what they've gone through. The doors have been opening and I'm so thankful for that. And recently I connected with one of my sorority sisters who is an entrepreneur And she was just asking me, like, well, how have things been? You know, I know it's still early and how things been. And it was just so nice because that was one of the first times that I felt like I could just be authentic and just Mm. tell her, like, it's been a mess. Like, you know, it's been crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. You know, I'm trying to figure this out because I knew that she was someone who got it, right? Who's been Mm -hmm. there. She's been in business for eight years now. So I knew that she was someone that understand that. So we were talking and she told me, she was like, Alidra, there's going to be months that are good months. There are going to be months that are bad months. They're going to be up and down. But no matter what, never lose sight of your vision and making that Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. And that might seem... So basically, but her telling me that it meant so much, you know, because here I am, you know, just a few months in to to starting this, and I have felt like I've hit those points where I'm like, look, I might need to find a job, you know. <laughs> I need to reevaluate this and, and, and try to figure out another route here. And so her saying that, it really just put things in perspective of just like my life, right? Just like my life. Everything isn't going to be this perfect walk in the park, everything just going the right way all the time. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be ups and downs. But if you have that vision, 
you got to stay focused on that because in the mm-hmm. end, you're going to get there. You're, you're yes. going to get there. It might not be the way you thought you were going to get there or it might not be as easy as you thought to get there, but you will. And all of these things that are happening have a purpose in that journey. So you have to trust the process. Absolutely. Trust the process. <laughs> you have to. You know, have I haven't to. been... I think I jumped a year before you did actually the same month a year before you did. So continue to trust the process and continue to know that what was put in you was for you. And you have a gift that nobody can take. You have a gift that is only yours and it will continue to manifest itself in some crazy ways. But I'm glad that you are going to stay on this journey because it is necessary. But look, I didn't mean to get all there. I just felt that. <laughs> I felt that. Um, Thanks. So we're kind of getting to a point. Oh, you, you're so welcome. You're so, so welcome. So we're getting to a point of, of wrapping up and just a couple more things that I, I'd love to know from you. And one of those things is what's next? So I believe in being honest and transparent because, again, I, especially for, you know, if there are first-gen people out here who are looking to maybe be an entrepreneur or, or things of that sort, I want to share and I want to be vulnerable and honest about my experiences so that other people can have a guy, right? And not have to mm-hmm. just kind of figure out things the way that maybe I'm just kind of walking through them. So one thing that I'm really focused on now is getting investors for Pi because honestly, it wasn't something that I thought of initially. And I think that was just my lack of knowledge about starting up a business, you know, and just thinking that like, well, if I built this website, you know, and I have the mission and I get the products and if I put them online, it'll all be fine. People will buy it and that'll be it, you know? Um, and so I quickly learned like, all right, it's not that seamless. There's a little more <laughs> to it. So right now I'm in the process of developing, you know, a, a framework to seek investors. And I'm really excited about that because I do think that I, I, the vision part, the goals, I have that. Just need to make sure that I have the resources so that I can access the proper channels mm. to help bring my vision to reality. So that's what I'm focused on right now. And I do, thankfully, like I said, guys are so good and doors have been opening and I've been getting connected to people who are willing to help and, and invest or point me in the right direction at least. So that's what I'm focused on now so that we can get pie more exposure so that we can be at larger scale events and opportunities. Uh, My goal is like next year, I want to try to be at like Essence Fest. I want to be at Mm. the Atlanta Greek picnic. You know, I want to be at these staple events for the various communities that I am wanting to serve and wanting to benefit. So, so that's where I am now with kind of seeking that those resources and then outlining a plan for about a year from now to be a part of these larger scale opportunities to bring more exposure to pop. Mm, I love that. You will be there. We're just going to speak that today. Okay. You will be there. Yes. And it may take a couple extra hours <laughs> a day that you right. already don't have, but you'll right. get there. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, but last but not the least, 
because you are so full of wisdom and I, all I can think in my head is man ever evolving that's what I keep thinking about I think about you it reminds me of a butterfly I, I just really love the, the aspect of coming out the cocoon and just you know doing your thing but um, yeah. what is that that message or that final thought that you would want to leave listeners with Create your own life. You know, it doesn't matter where you started, where you come from, what's your background, what the people in your family have done and what they haven't done before you. You are equipped and have the potential to do great things, to be great, to live your best life. And if it isn't just coming easily, you know, and in those comfortable positions, then get uncomfortable and go mm. out there and create it. Do whatever you have to do to get every single thing that's yours. Mm. Yeah, you said that for me too, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes, said that too. I love it. Well, I definitely have enjoyed you on today. I appreciate it. And let me, let, before we even get off this call, can you please just go ahead and tell us what sorority you in? Because you can't say, and my sorority sister, I'm a sorority. Please tell the people <laughs> what you represent. You ain't slick. Go ahead and tell them. I ain't mad. Right. Tell I'm just the neutral and unbiased <laughs> member of the first, the finest, sorority out there alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated there you go so you got it out there you go all right, all right. I was like, why, you, why don't you just say it <laughs> well look i mean it's, it's all love my roommate from college is you know is okay and we end up having the same line number and she is like one of my greatest friends and so it's always funny like hey i ain't mad i'm, I'm here to lift you up sis i'm just no matter what <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but again, I have really enjoyed you. Thank you for coming on the show, for sharing with us your wisdom. I want you to continue yes. to do great things. I'll be wa- I'll be watching you. So good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Can can we share social media? Is that you know what? What ask me why I'm tripping? Okay. So yeah. So before we get off the line, since we've had this other conversation, uh, where can we find you in the in the internet space? All over. I have pretty much. <laughs> social media <laughs> so for pie first and foremost you can follow pie at at pie movement so p-i-e movement on instagram facebook and twitter and you can also follow black greeks for black lives which is a part of pie but has its own social media at black greeks for black lives on facebook and instagram and then my personal handle is at classy with a K. So that's K-L-A-S-S-Y underscore Lee, L-E-I, at Classy Lee on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. <laughs> all that, all that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure people will be in touch with you. And then we'll have a follow-up conversation in the First Gen Lounge. You have been brilliant. I want you to have an amazing day. Thank you so much. You too, Eve.